I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions. Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday. And this week we are in chapter 16 of the book of Romans, the last chapter of this book. So thank you. Thank you for making it all the way through to the end of this book. And I have some good news. This is certainly not the end of Drive Time Devotions. We're intending to go through the books of the Bible, one after the other. And so uh, after finishing this book, we'll be beginning another book in the Bible. More on that in day five as we uh, look together towards the future. But now, Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 is one of those parts of the Bible that you often skip over when you read through the Bible in a year, for instance, because it has a long list of names. And if you're trying to read through the Bible real quickly, you think, oh, list of names, skip to the next book. But the value of studying through a book like we are is that you take some time with a list like this. Because in this list, you see some of the ways revealed that God changes history through individual lives. Romans is the most theological book in the New Testament. But at the end of this book, the focus is on people. Because people are God's priority. Unless theology is personal, it's not real. It's about people and how God wants to work in people's lives. And as we look together at this list these next few days, we're going to see an idea of the different ways that God can change history. Don't miss the fact as we look at this list that many times when we think of changing history, we think you've got to do something big. But it is often in the details of living out the life and personality that God has given to us that we really change history. In fact, you might even jot that down in your brain. If you're where you can write down something, put it there just and write it where you can see it this week. We change history when we faithfully live out the life and personality that God has given to us. In this chapter, Romans chapter 16, Paul gives greetings and commendations to 27 different people, two different households, 18 men and nine women in that group of 27. He also mentions one husband and wife team. And then at the end of the chapter, we're going to see at the end of this week, he sends greetings from eight people back to them. Now, remember, we just studied last week that Paul had never been to Rome, and yet he knows all of these people in Rome, and he sends greetings from others to Rome. Paul was obviously a people person. He could go into any city in the Roman Empire, and there'd be somebody that he knew because he'd had contact with them through the church. As Paul talks about people in this chapter, he talks about our relationships to one another. Four times he describes people as being his friends in Christ. Five times his friends as being in the Lord, in Christ and in the Lord. That's where our relationships come from. Twice he uses the family language of sister or brother. Four times he calls the people that he's writing to, he calls them beloved. And twice, as he's talking through, he talks about what it really takes to be in fellowship with one another as believers. In verses 3 and 9, he talks about that we need to be fellow workers, that's where fellowship comes from. But in verses 4 and 7, he talks about the fact that we need to be fellow sufferers. We work together and we face the difficulties and sufferings of life together. There is fellowship in that. Romans chapter 16 is a list of names. What's so inspiring about a list of names? Well, every year, hundreds of thousands of people on the Capitol Mall in Washington, D.C. walk by a black wall called the Vietnam Memorial, and they look at a list of names. Something inspires them as they see the names of those people, many of whom they've never known. They never would know those names. And yet, as they see the list, they realize these are people who gave their lives for their country. As we look at Romans chapter 16, this, like many other chapters in the Bible, is a list of names. Names of people who gave their lives to serve Jesus. 
And that inspires me. There is a sense of awe as you walk into this list. And as we read through this list, once again, don't miss the fact that when we think about changing the world, it's not about doing something big. It's when God works in the details of our life. We change history when we faithfully live out the life and personality that God has given to us. If you didn't write that down, didn't put that in your brain before, try and do it one other time. It's not when we try to do the big thing that it will impress anyone and everyone. It's when we live out the life and personality that God has given to us. So what is this list of people? Well, let's start it today and then we'll finish it tomorrow. Romans chapter 16, 1, Paul begins the list by saying, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help that she may need from you. For she's been a great help to many people, including me. He starts out with Phoebe and he commends her. And that says that Phoebe was most likely the one who carried this letter that was written to Romans from Paul to the Romans. So he commends our sister Phoebe. She was a servant of the church in Centria. That was the seaport of Corinth. And so she came from that seaport to Rome to deliver this letter. As Paul talks about his sister Phoebe, he gives a picture of who she who she was and how she impacted the church. He uses four words. He uses the word sister and servant and saint and helper. She's a sister. There's a family relationship in the family of God. She's a servant. The word that's used there is diakonos, the idea of a deaconess. She's serving Christ. She's doing the practical actions of ministry and serving. It may have been she was a deacon by office. It may have been just she was a deacon by task that she served Christ in the church. Either way, servant is the key word. Uh, the Bible tells us she was a saint. She was a person whose heart had been changed by Jesus Christ. By the way, the word saint in the Bible does not mean someone who is perfect, as we sometimes use it today. The word saint means anyone who is a believer in Christ. It has to do with the fact that Christ has changed in our hearts and made us new. She's a saint. And then the Bible says she is a helper. The idea of help there is the idea of a benefactor, somebody, in fact, who had given financial support to many people. This apparently was a businesswoman who had given money, given help to many people. God used her in people's lives. Now, it's interesting that the list starts out with Phoebe. She's one of nine women in this list, and that's very impressive. It's incredibly impressive in that day that women would have been included in the list at all. In the days that the New Testament was written, it would have usually been just a list of men and how their accomplishments or their greetings were being passed along. But the Bible is different. The Bible is unlike any other literature of the day. Anytime you hear someone say, well, the Bible is anti-woman, the Bible is anti-women, the Bible doesn't really lift up the role of women, you know they really haven't done their homework. They haven't studied the Bible at all. The Bible tells us that the role of women is incredibly important in the church and in the family of God. In Jesus' own group of followers, there were many women, uh, Martha and Mary and Mary Magdalene and Mary, his own mother, many other women who were followers of Jesus and helpers in his ministry. And as Paul, whom many people would say was very, very anti-woman, Paul writes about women. You see that first in this list is Phoebe and then many others. The Bible greatly elevates the role of women in serving Christ and serving God and making a difference in this world. In fact, the next person in the list is a woman. In verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friend, Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. You can read, if you want, about Priscilla and Aquila. 
Paul's dear friends in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 18 says a lot about this couple. Also, 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 Timothy 4, 4 talks about this couple that had so impacted Paul's life. They worked together, they served together, and apparently Priscilla and Aquila were currently in Rome, and they were leading a church that was meeting in their home. So he says, greet them. And then he says, greet Eponidas. And I love the idea that we're confronted with here of a man who'd been the first to make a difference in an entire area of the world. He was the first convert in the entire province of Asia. Think of the courage that takes, the courage to be first, not to follow anyone else, to let others point their finger at you or think you strange or even suffer persecution for being first. As I read about Eponidas, I think maybe I need to be first. Maybe you need to be first. Maybe you need to be the first convert. We've gone all the way through the book of Romans, and yet you haven't yet turned your life over to Jesus Christ. You've been, you've been thinking about it. That's why you've gone through this book and listened to it. Well, we're at the end of the book now. You know that Jesus has a real power and a real love for you. He can make a real difference in your daily life. Maybe you need to be the first convert at your school. You don't know another believer at your school. Or maybe in your business. Or maybe you need to be the first convert in your family. The Bible tells us by the end of Paul's ministry in Asia, all of Asia had heard about Jesus, but Eponidas was the first. Or maybe you already are a convert. The word convert, by the way, simply means somebody who has changed their way of thinking. They've repented of going one direction in their life, their selfish direction, and they've decided to go Christ's direction. Maybe you're already someone who's made that decision, but you need to be the first to speak out and let others know that you're a believer in Christ at your school or at your work or in your family. As we read through this list of names, we'll finish it tomorrow. The key is that Jesus Christ and his name is the name that makes the difference in our lives. So let's praise him. Let's thank him for just a minute as we end this look at these names today. Jesus, we thank you. Above all names is your name. And your name is the name that gives us power. In your name, we can find strength. In your name, we can find love and joy because your name is an expression of who you are, Jesus. Your name is an expression of what you want to do in our lives. Jesus, Savior, you can save us from our sins. You can save us to become all that you created us to be. And so, Lord, in order to live out the name, the purpose, the identity that you have for us in this world, we start with your name and who you are and the reason you came into this world to give us life. We praise you. We thank you. And we thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to continue our look at this list of names as we look at Romans chapter 16, verses 6 to 16.